Hi, I'm Abby Gibb, and welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast, a Soulfire production. This is an investigation and honoring of who we get to become in the process of embodying our dreams. If you're a rule breaker, paradigm shifter, and movement maker of today, then this leadership podcast is for you. It's time to finally take up more room on the page of your life. Welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast. Okay, on this episode of That's a Bag of Dicks, welcome to Bro Marketing. I got a hot take on this, all right? New rules. Everything that has made you and me an outsider in this dying culture has prepared us as leaders for the new earth. Yup. And you know what the antithesis of the dying culture is? Yeah, bro marketing. You've all seen it. It's the stacking Lambos guy, the free plus shipping eBooks. It's the limited time only grinded out hustle culture. And I'm here to officially say it's a bag of dicks whose expiration date is long overdue. Bro marketing is really an extrinsic game, right? It says, I have a secret. I have the answer. I have something that you need or that you'll never be a success without. I'm your missing leak. You need me because you're not already whole. It's Bullshit. It's a look at me mentality instead of embodied leadership, which is learn with me mentality. It's not even a learn from me mentality. It's we're going through this together. And we were all raised breathing bro marketing from the day we started. So there's no shame or blame here, but there's also and also a lot to deprogram. We are the first generation of leaders doing something very differently, which means that there's not going to be a rule book for us. And there's just this, this quiet intuition that embodied leadership feels more honest. And our intuition gives us quiet confidence that this is how we want to serve the world, right? If you've already thrown your loofah, if you're taking a shower, listening to me, or you just high-fived a random person while you're running. Awesome great. You're going to really like this episode because uh, my great friend and executive producer, Kelly Tennant, sends me this text and is like one word text that goes, fuck. And I'm like, what? And she goes, you've got to do an episode about bro marketing. And she sends me a couple pictures of like the usual, oh yeah, hustle till you make it, fake it till you make it bullshit. A screenshot was like, you've got to do an episode about this. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I do, because it's a bag of dicks. So today I want to talk with you about how this can specifically show up in various parts of our business. And I want to invite you to rewrite this bullshit narrative with me. Okay, because bro marketing really has a couple big pieces to it. There's this lack of intimacy. There's a lack of compassion. There's a lack of being trauma informed and there's a lack of self-awareness and it permeates uh, three major S's of our business, standards, sales, and speaking. We're going to go through each one of these today, but before we begin, if you are so fucking over building a business like bro marketing and sharing your story without feeling salesy and tacky and disingenuous. And if impact is as important to you as the income you're making, 
then I've got something for you. All right. That is why I created this signature course. I've been giving it for a few years now. It's the shit. It is the number one marketing course for purpose-driven entrepreneurs like you who want to be able to build this business with integrity. If you want to build something that's actually going to help change the world and you want to do it in an embodied and aligned way for yourself and for your clients, this is it. This course helps you to scale your business to 25K per month. Yes, even and especially without a big following team or time. And I want to give you a code right now to get $500 off the course. So you just use the code POD500. This uh, is not on Instagram. This isn't anywhere else. This is just for like podcast peeps. So if you've been looking at trying to figure out how am I going to start to share my message with the world more broadly, like what the fuck is my signature story? How do I start to share that authentically more on social media? How do I grow my speaking career? What does that even look like, right? How do I land maybe like some TV spots? How do I market myself and sell authentically? If those are all things that you're like, yeah, abs, that would, I would also like a pink pony. Uh, then I've put them, mine is the pink pony, all for you inside this course. Okay. All right. So the first piece of the three S's, right? we got standards, sales, and speaking. The first one standards is really this delineation between hustle versus alignment. Now the hustle culture wants us to not have any boundaries. So we're going to talk a lot about boundary setting and The other side of hustle culture is this like urgency culture, right? So hustle culture wants us on 24 seven urgency culture says that boundaries are selfish. Bro marketing tells us that we're running out of time. And you know what I'm going to say here? It is a bag of dicks. It's a bag of dicks. Uh, Being the embodied leader that you are that you want to be, which is why you're listening to this podcast to begin with, okay? Being a leader of this paradigm shift means every time we choose pause, every time we rest and hold boundaries, we're actually committing a revolutionary act. In the same vein that when you decide that I actually like myself and I don't need to buy anything to fix me because I'm actually beautiful just as I am. It's a revolutionary act against patriarchy and capitalism. And this is the other side of that. Building businesses with integrity and alignment with boundaries and pause. I want to shake up this world with our worth, our inherent worth. I want us to take all the time we need. I want us to be able to pause in gratitude and not jump from just one accomplishment to the next. That used to be me. and Maybe that used to be you that I never really gave myself like a hot second to celebrate wins, to enjoy the right here, the right now. Like I'd climb this mountain physically and figuratively. And I wouldn't savor it. It would just be on to the next list, the next thing. I mean, at best, I gave myself like 10 minutes. Be like, oh yeah, I did that thing. Cool. And then it was just on. It was just on to the next piece. And that's a bag of dicks, right? 
I'm not going to live my life like that anymore because it destroyed my nervous system. It destroyed my friendships. It created such tension between what really brought me joy and what I thought success was. So I want to talk about how to handle urgency culture and maybe like four little permission slips that you could give yourself today that I consistently give myself now. Uh, One of them is I say to myself, it is okay not to text someone back immediately. I know, novel concept, right? And maybe you're laughing because you're like, well, abs, actually, uh, I either answer someone back in 10 seconds or three days from now. There's really no in between. But what I'm talking about is like this ping that we feel when the text comes that we need to respond right away. It's just even that sensing that I'm going to what? Let someone down. I'm going to be disrespectful that uh, I'm not on top of my game, that I'm missing an opportunity. And instead, not having to live off of that fight or flight nervous system and say, my boundaries and my time are sacred and they can wait. They'll be fine. They don't know. I mean, I would definitely turn off your red receipts on your texts. Like, don't leave them on red if you're a recovering people pleaser like me. All right, but you don't have to text them back right away, dude. Your boundaries and your time are sacred. The second one is I allow myself to take social media breaks. Um, I am taking almost all of August off of work and therefore also social media. And you know what's so beautiful about taking social media breaks? You realize that nothing changed. Literally. Like your business is still running. You're fine. It's not that big of a deal. You didn't miss much. (laughs) It's going to be okay. Especially I notice that when I'm starting to feel tension, I'm starting to feel like I have to, or I should be posting. Once I get in that mentality, fuck no, like no fucking way do I want to do that to myself or to the community that I've worked really hard to build. Because I promise that when I show up, I show up fully. I show up a hundred percent. I show up embodied. I show up with shit that I actually want to say, not just because I pulled something out of my ass because it's Tuesday and I was supposed to post. Like, fuck that. Why, why are we making ourselves into slaves for social media? It should work for us, not the other way around. Just like one of the most liberating things I heard recently, um, because it's summer, which means, you know, toxic diet culture. And uh, there's this whole narrative around like hot girl summer, right? Which is somebody, me, uh, recovering from an eating disorder. Uh, it can be uh, kind of triggering. So anyway, I saw this shit on social because social isn't bad or good. It's just how we choose to treat it. I saw this thing on social. It was like, your clothes should work for you not the other way around. If they don't fit, you didn't do anything wrong. You're not bad, unlovable, whatever the terms that you want to say in your head, the intrusive thoughts. The clothes should work for you, not the other way around. Social should work for you, not the other way around. Just because they post doesn't mean you need to. Now, having said that, 
here is a small little asterisk because I can imagine already the amount of DMs I'm going to get. When you are building your business to start and you don't have a community, this is a privilege you don't have quite yet, right? If you're wanting to build a community, it takes time and you are going to have to be dedicated and show up consistently with a very cohesive message and share your story. But a lot of you that are listening are like OGs to Instagram, all right? You've been on there. You've reinvented yourself like six times to Sunday at this point. So if that's you, take a fucking break once in a while. I am. It's going to be okay. I really like when I get my, when I get wrapped up, mm -mm, I have decided that social media will never cost me an ounce of my mental health. Nope. No, thank you. All right. So number three, again, these are like four, like small little permission slips that you can try on today about how to handle urgency culture because it's a bag of dicks. Yeah. That's the theme song for today. I am not running out of time. I am not running out of time. I am embodied and aligned. If you need to write one thing on your mirror today, I would write, I am not running out of time. Right? Fuck. Bro marketing tells us that we're running out of time. Quite literally, it'll say like, you only have uh, 20 minutes to make this decision. Gotta buy now. Right? Or you're gonna live your life plain small regrets on your deathbed if you don't go for it so you should give me tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> like what <laughs> okay you're not running out of time you're not running out of time i wish i could have said this to myself in my 20s i dated like i was running out of time and here i am if i had known i was going to get married at 37 years old i would have enjoyed myself a little more fuck abs i was not running out of time i am right on time i could not have met aaron one day sooner than i did i couldn't there's no way i wasn't the person i needed to be in order to have that relationship work Literally, I know for a fact without going into tons of details, I know for a fact I could not have met him one day sooner. You are not running out of time. If you want to pivot and start a new business at 52, if you want to leave your corporate career at 26, if you decide that suddenly at 40, you want to have kids for the first time? If you're 78 and you've never written a book and now you want to, great. You are not running out of time. Bro marketing is the only thing that tells us that there even is time. Time is just a construct. If you've ever watched any of my social media, you've seen pictures of my mother. My mother is the embodiment of the fact that there is no such thing as time. She's 72. First off, I don't know what age is, but whatever I thought 72 looked like, that's definitely not it. My mom just went backpacking with me last weekend. My mom learned a new language at 45. My mom didn't write her first book until she was 50. 
My mom left being a Christian minister and became a fashion designer. <laughs> and then she was an artist and then she was uh, a Buddhist teacher and then an author. And now she runs her own spiritual center. <laughs> like what? And she still works also, by the way, she will never retire. She says that's what old people do and she is not old. You are not running out of time. The last one is I can take my time when someone requests feedback. I don't need to immediately react or respond. Holy balls. Tell me. I would love to hear. So shoot me an Instagram story. Tag me. Shoot me an email. Let me know if that one really landed. It really fucking landed for me when I figured this out. Here's what I've done. Pro tip. Holding space and being very clear, especially if you're in um, some sort of client coaching type industry where you're client interfacing a bunch, having really set hours and expectations. Like when you work with me, I will let you know ahead of time, right? Holding boundaries. Okay, I would love to have that feedback and I'll be able to get back to you within this week or I'll get back to you within end of day. You don't have to be like, I'll get right back to you and drop everything in your life. The other piece is that if you happen to be reviewing emails, let's just say on a, a Saturday, I hope you're not. But if you are, you can actually schedule when that email will go back out. So sometimes when I'm catching up on emails or I'm on a flight, remember those? That was a really fun time. Uh, and I'm writing something, I will set them to when my quote office hours are so that my clients continue to see me hold boundaries. Because what happens is if you respond, uh, your clients like sending you a text at 8 p.m. and you respond, you're teaching them how to respond to you. So if you don't hold personal boundaries, why would you expect that they would hold them with you? And if someone requests feedback, that's awesome. Tell them, no worries. Can't wait to get back to you. Uh, that will be tomorrow by end of day. All right. Boundaries aren't selfish. They're sacred to your heart and ability to serve. I, I don't work on Fridays. I do not let people pick my brain. I don't teach for free except here on my podcast and on social media, right? Like that is my very set place where I give you tons of value, all of my heart. I serve, I love, that is a part of my self-expression. I absolutely love this podcast and I love this community that we're building. And I mean, I've only been doing it for like a month, but outside of that, like someone's like, Oh, abs, I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee and pick your brain. No, no, it doesn't work that way. In fact, you can't even purchase one hour with me. It doesn't work like that for my business. Sorry, not sorry. I also pro move. I just started this year planning my schedule around my period and my energy levels because maybe uh, you're an ADD type person like me. And so your energy really fluctuates. Like you're just chasing that dopamine train. So I, I found myself building a lot of my schedule when I was really up, 
right? I thought I could fucking take on the world. I'm going to like write an entire book proposal in three days. Or like when I honestly did write my first Ted talk in the notes app of my iPhone on a flight from Atlanta to San Diego. So yeah, that's great. Except I'm not like that all the time and neither are you because we're not machines, but we tend to build our schedules as if we can do that every day in and out. That's it. Right. And then you get there to a day, like, I don't know, three days before your period. And if you face PMDD, uh, you want to fucking kill someone. Like everything annoys you. The very sound of that fucking lady on zoom. When she's like, this meeting is being recorded. You want to, you want to kill a bitch. That's real. That's a real feeling I have. I really don't like that voice. I can deal with it except for the three days before my period. So maybe I shouldn't be working with clients during that time because I'm not my best version. And actually, I mean, I'll take that back. There's not a good or bad. That's just not the appropriate time. That's not the appropriate time. See, I'm all right. I still have to deprogram the fucking bro marketing that tells me that somehow I should feel shame or it's bad that, you know, I'm able to create human life inside my body. And because I'm not at this moment, I am shedding a fucking organ. <laughs> like I'm kind of busy. So maybe the Zoom call can wait. Fuck, right? I also reserve the right to have a mental health day, even though I work for myself. I know if you're an entrepreneur, you ain't got no PTO, but you can take one. You can, you can just tell your team. I do it all the time. Uh, if you've ever worked with me, uh, you know, Molly is my, uh, incredible. I call her my business doula because she helps give birth to my business. And I just tell her all the time, like, no, we're going to cancel that. Can't do that today. Until I finally started to look and was like, wow, maybe I should build my schedule more around the cycle of my body. Novel concept. And maybe I'm working a little too hard. But urgency culture tells us that we should feel shame about that, that we're lazy, right? That we're going to miss an opportunity. That if we don't grow consistently on our social media, our business won't work or we're a fraud. Like, I don't give a fuck if Jane and John are posting on Instagram today. That shouldn't affect your business. Your business is your business. And, you know, just like ending the cycle of people pleasing, okay, it doesn't get easier to do these things. You just get stronger. I just get stronger at holding our boundaries. Because the other piece of this is really facing our shadow and our light work in all of that, in our standards, our energetic standards, in our sales, in our speaking, it really comes down to being able to be very honest and transparent with ourselves, which is, which is why I do believe in investing in coaching. It has been extremely transformative for me to have personal development coaches, spiritual coaches, money coaches, business coaches. I have invested a lot of money in myself. And that is a luxury. That's a privilege that I've gotten because I was able to build this business and financially support myself. And then therefore also these other incredible people who are helping me to live in a more embodied way. So I, some people don't, I, I do actually, I really believe 
in investing in different coaches and courses and programs, because we can only go as deep with our clients that we're willing to go with ourselves. And we can't always see ourselves clearly. I say a lot of the time with my clients that I am a mirror to your magic. Hashtag Windex. I have to be clear as fuck and be able to hold massive amounts of space for your transformation so that you can see yourself. Not because, again, I have some secret answer. I have all of the tips and tools and tricks and the one, the one hack you need, right? No, fuck that. But I am extremely clear and clean of a mirror. Clean of a mirror, is that a thing? I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. I'm a mirror to you so that you can see yourself more clearly so that you can go more deeply. But that means I have to be able to go more deeply too, right? So this, the shadow work that I've been doing around writing my book, that's a, that thing has been fuck. You know, I thought, uh, I thought, okay, I'm a journalist. Uh, I write. So writing a book shouldn't be that much different. Oh no, 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 no. No, it, it is. It is like uh, very different, very, very different. In the same vein that I thought, oh, I talk for a living, right? I was on TV for like ever. So when I give a TED talk, that shouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, no, no, mm-mm. totally different. Apples and oranges, like not even close. So a bunch of shit has been coming up for me around writing my book. And I'm really grateful for this shadow work. I treat it with gratitude. It's not comfortable. I cry a lot, but I'm grateful to it because only when I'm willing to go into this shadow work, how the fuck am I supposed to hold that shadow when my client comes to me writing their book and I can't relate. I can't hold compassion to it because I haven't been there. I haven't dared look myself. So the shadow work that's been coming up for me around writing my book is this fear of not being needed and validated. Oh, fuck. (laughs) And it's really pushing me to go more deeply into where I'm creating and speaking from. So bro marketing wants us to write a book that says, look at me. I have all the secrets. Read this book for my one hack so that you can be like me. So I, the writer, can be validated so my ego can be stroked so that I can be important, needed in this world, that I matter at all, that I've made something of this human existence because I have to make something out of nothing because I'm inherently nothing and I have to go prove and create something. It's a bag of dicks and I'm not going to do it, but I caught myself because the deprogramming is deep and maybe probably lifelong. I caught myself getting really fucking stressed out thinking, why am I even writing this book? Why am I pouring this much work into it when I'm no one's going to read it? No one's going to care. I'm no one. I'm a fraud. (laughs) Right. So I had to step back and ask, where am I creating and speaking from? In healed, aligned, feminine leadership, we come from a place of learn with me. We're willing to show our transformation, 
we're willing to go very deeply, very vulnerably, very honest in our insights. Not so that you can take my 10 steps and go create it and mimic me, but so that I can show you it's possible in you. You will come to a different conclusion. All I'm showing you is that when the power of sharing my story, you will continue to learn why your story is important, right? So I was sitting there with these and I was like, are these fears of imposter syndrome actually my ego? Do I feel like this is the right timeline because I'm a people pleaser and I have a fear of saying no? And my book coach told me that this timeline had to be this way. Or am I actually like, this is my higher self up-leveling my potential and my voice. And this actually feels really authentic. We have to, we get to, we must face these beautiful aspects of our shadow as equal and valued opportunities to, to learn and heal and lead from. And the answer for now was that I needed to put writing my book proposal on pause that creating a podcast was such a beautiful opportunity of self-expression. I love connecting with you. I love seeing you post your insights. I love your DMs. I love it. I fucking love this thing. Even though it's so weird to talk to you just in this mic, like you're not here. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, but I love it. And my higher self said, yeah, it's okay to let your book coach down and the older version of yourself that was creating this timeline that doesn't serve you right now. You don't have the energetic space and that's okay. Your boundaries are sacred. And as a recovering people pleaser, it is literally the worst thing in the planet to imagine letting someone down. And of course my book coach was like, yo, you're not letting me down at all. Take all the time you need. But it's really brought up a lot of shadow work. And I'm so grateful to it because now when my clients come to me, like, why is this so hard? Like, look at all that's coming up. I'm like, yeah, no, right? Fuck. Let's talk about it. Let's go in there. Let's let's sit in the dark. And if you're still having a beating heart at this point in 2021, after everything we've been through, then you're probably going through a bit of an existential crisis on the level of a Bo Burnham Netflix special. Cause you know, like the ocean is fucking burning. Ancient deadly pathogens are being released by the melting ice caps. Capitalism says it's cool to spend billions flying for 10 minutes into space on your penis rocket. While that same amount of money could have solved world hunger. Cool. <laughs> right. But here is. Another way to look at this, if you are going through your own existential crisis at this point, you're just breaking your identity from your ego self, your human self into your higher self, the part of you that is one with the divine universe. There's no mistake that you are here at this exact time in history. Everything that has made you an outsider in the dying culture has now prepared you as a leader for the new earth. 
you are part of the real-time paradigm shift in human consciousness. So it's going to be a little messy. There's going to be a lot of shadow work. We got to work through and undo the bag of dicks that we've been wearing around our neck. That is quite the image, by the way. Walking around with a bag of dicks around our neck. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Okay. You're welcome for that mental image. I was sitting with this, right? This, what the fuck this book is pulling out of me and how much of it is my ego and my unhealed people pleaser and how much of it is my higher self. And I realized that my ego says that I need to be right in order to stay in control. And if I said that that timeline that I created months ago without any context, because I had no fucking clue what it was going to really take. If I don't stick to it, I won't be right. I won't be in control of my life. Right. I also have noticed for me and for so many of my clients, um, I've been helping them to write Ted talks recently and a lot of them have said, you know, I feel like if I ask questions, then I'm not a real speaker. If I ask for help for you writing this with me, um, no one will think I know what I'm doing. And I thought the same thing when I was writing this, as I'm writing this book proposal, I'm like, if I can't knock it out of the park, literally the very first time abs, you write something ever. But I literally in my head was like, my ego was like, if I don't write this perfectly, when I show it to my book coach, I'm a fraud. I I might as well not even try. Right. I think I have to be perfect the first time I try. My people pleaser says that if I hold sacred boundaries, I'll be abandoned and left unloved. Yeah. I sat with that one for a while. Fuck. Right. I've had this business that I've created now helping people to discover their personal stories, create a cohesive message, build it into a global movement. This business has been on my heart for years, but I thought that I needed to dim my light and shut down in order to keep the peace at all costs. I was actually more afraid of my power and my light. I have learned since a very early age, raising my hand in the front of the class, that it's not cool to be that smart. It's not cool to build a successful business. I need to dim my light. That's bullshit. Right? Also, that I realized that my people pleaser was telling me that it's my emotional job to fix the situation. So if there's a problem with a client, I inherently believe it is my responsibility. My people pleaser says it is my emotional responsibility to fix them. No, it's not. (laughs) It's not your job. It's not my job. Hold space, be a mirror. Yes. Bro marketing wants us to think it is our job. It is our job to dim our light and shut down in order to keep the peace at all costs. 
Because our job, especially if you are a woman, our job is to stay small, to be just a little bit, a little bit lower than any guy in the room. And that we are responsible for the emotional labor of everyone we come into contact with. That is not fucking true. And it is exhausting from somebody that tried to do it for decades. And all of that was brought up by writing the book, right? Fuck. We can only go as deep with our clients that we're willing to go with ourselves. We're going to have to face this shadow work. My higher self says, my only responsibility is to stay present to the situation. There is no such thing as control. My only response is to stay present to the situation. Fiercely present to the situation. And I also realized, fuck, my triggered response is a reflection of unintegrated shadow work left to face. Oh, well, shit, right? If this is triggering you, (laughs) welcome. There's just more places that we can meet with compassion and grace and love as we deprogram bro marketing out of our businesses, especially. Setting boundaries has to be a part of our business. It is sacred to our business. And there are a couple things that I wanted to give you a couple more like tangible tips because like sometimes I feel like when we talk about shit like this, it can seem really heady. Like, well, yeah, I would also like world peace uh, and, you know, no trauma ever again. And you're like, abs, how am I supposed to actually implement this in my life? So I, I was sitting with that as I was working on this episode to press record past all that I had written on the screen was fuck bro marketing. It's a bag of dicks. And I was like, oh, that's a great start abs, but probably need a couple more details for people listening. So one of the things that I do with my clients, um, when we're building their business, we start always with boundary setting. Um, and I want you to think about potentially grabbing a piece of paper and you can pause this episode if you don't have anything near you, um, because it's a really fun exercise that I would suggest you try. And if you are a coach, an author, uh, a speaker, this might be something you could work on in your groups, organizations, events that you're hosting. So I like to write it in three columns. There's I value, so I need, and I will honor that by. I value, so I need, and will honor that by. And it really helps me to hold myself accountable, most importantly, because as you know, the day gets busy and you're like, yeah, just squeeze them in. Even though I said I'd be off work at five, like squeeze them in at, I'll take a 7.30 call or I'll take a call on a Saturday or I'll just get this done with no sleep. It's not a big deal, right? So uh, first, one of the biggest pieces for me is that in this space of creating my podcast now and writing this book, I need to be able to value creative flow. And then I realized, okay, so what do I need in order to create creative flow? I need minimal calls and meetings. So how will I honor that? I will honor that by scheduling those calls and meetings only two days a week. So only Tuesday, Wednesdays, do I have large coaching calls? 
And then I do like podcasting and other pieces on Thursdays. And of course this isn't always going to work sometimes. Like for instance, I'm recording this episode on a Friday because I'm about to go on a very large, long vacation. So like, that's fine. Shit's going to happen. But setting it and seeing it out there really starts to energetically hold you accountable so that you can serve more fully, right? The next one I had was quality time with myself and with my partner. Undistracted. Like, so what do I need, right? I was like, I need undistracted one-on-one time. So we have weekly date nights without tech. And I also have solo dates without tech. I put that shit on airplane mode because you know, my ADD ass wants to fucking scroll on social every 10 seconds. It's like, just like crack very hard to, to not. Right. So, but if I really want to have quiet quality time, I need it to be without tech. The next one is I value focus and depth. So I need only a few, hell yes, full body, fuck yes, projects and clients. So I'm going to honor that by saying no to everything else. And it's hard. And I understand this, especially in the beginning of your business, that is extremely hard. You want to be able to take everybody that comes your way. And it's tough. It's tough to find that balance. But as you begin to hold space energetically for what that feels like when it's a fuck yes, watch how you begin to attract more deep, meaningful connections and conversations in your life. It shifted for me fundamentally when I started to really hold myself to that, like literally running out. If I value focus and depth, I will need only a few hell yes clients. And I will honor that by saying no. The first time I said no, my voice definitely shaked. Now I'm like, I'm not your person. I wish you all the best. Goodbye. (laughs) It's just a muscle that will get stronger over time. And if I value my well-being, I will need rest, play, and off hours. Most of the time, that looks like me not working Fridays, weekends, and some Mondays. Right now, I'm getting ready to take all of August off um, and the first part of September. So I am working some Fridays, but then I have like six weeks where I'm completely off the grid. So it's, it's really important um, to be able to do that. Right. Again, just remembering like, it's okay. You can just say to somebody when you need to say no, like, I don't have the bandwidth right now. You can just say that. Like, that sounds great, but I'm focusing on other priorities right now. Um, I would love to help you, but my schedule is booked. Thanks for thinking of me. I just don't have the energy for that right now. And remember that the only people who have an issue with you holding boundaries are people who can't hold boundaries themselves. That's it, right? All right, so the next one is selling versus serving. Does this sound like you? Uh, Hopefully not, but probably some version at some time you felt this way. So many women I talk to feel so uncomfortable with selling. They're like, I'm just not good at selling. 
They just, that's the first thing they say to me. Like, hi, I'm Susie Q and I'm not good at selling. You're like, what? They're like, ugh, it's sleazy. It's disingenuous. It's self-promoting. It's so egotistical. Tell me you felt that way before, right? I can't see you, but raise your hand. Somebody's probably going to think you're crazy when you're in the grocery store line right now, but like, that's maybe you, right? Or at least, you know, somebody else, or you've been that way before. And what you're actually saying is I don't like selling like bro marketing tells me to sell. Yeah, of course you don't. It's a bag of dicks. No matter what we're selling, 80% of the time, the major decision maker in the family is going to be the woman. Okay. And that means we should probably know how to sell like women for women. Novel concept. Bro marketing doesn't work. We don't like to be pressured. We don't like that shit. We don't like, we can smell the used car salesman from over the internet. Like I'm not here for your free plus shipping ebook stacking Lambo, my one secret hack. That's why I couldn't do Clubhouse. Cause I was like, this is so <laughs> toxic and self-promoting and I'm fucking over all of this. So instead I invite you to look at like selling versus serving. Okay. What if instead of selling, you knew that you were serving? Because can I be honest? Most coaches have been lying to you about your niche. At best, the advice you've been getting is super outdated, right? Again, you, most of the time, people that talk to me, they have like, they're like one of two options. They're saying you feel either, I feel salesy and inauthentic when I'm talking to my niche. I don't want to bother them. Uh, I don't want to sell to them. Or you've spent years knee deep in a niche, in a group of people, and suddenly something just feels off. No one's connecting the way they used to, to your offers. You're not connecting to your offers, right? And the reason is that your niche is not talking to a random list of pain points you hope, know, like, and trust you. Your niche is a group of souls human beings that you get to serve as you evolve hearts who want to feel seen, heard, and loved. It is natural for me to serve because I know I can help you because my passion awakens when you awaken to your innate gifts and messages. I am not here saying I'm holding some special secret, the top three things, the one hack, sign up now. No, I'm not. But I know that I can awaken your innate gifts, your message, so you can do it your way. So why would I be selfish and hold that gift to myself? Literally, it is a gift. What are gifts meant to be? Given. So fuck the word selling and instead you're serving. Check in with yourself and ask though, am I doing this from a place of ego? Am I doing this from a place of, I want to be validated? I want to be known. I want to stack Lambo so that everybody can comment, like, and share. Or am I doing this because I actually know I have gifts that are meant to be given in this world. I have a deep calling and purpose. That is serving. Oftentimes, 
when you don't fully know why your people aren't resonating, it's because of a couple of different reasons. You're not giving yourself permission to truly feel them, right? You doubt if you're qualified. You doubt if you're enough. So you go to this no like and trust. That's totally bro marketing because what is it about? No me, right? Like me, trust me. It's all about the quote leader, right? This has nothing to do with gender, by the way. It's just this old paradigm. See, hear, and love, as I like to say, okay? You see them. You see your potential client and customer. You hear them. You love them enough to get out of your own fucking way and serve them. Do you see the difference? I hope there was some aha moments there. I hope there was a light bulb, right? The other piece is that you probably aren't connecting enough with them by showing your face, (laughs) right? You're not having sales conversations where you're showing your face. Maybe you're doing it via email or over the phone or DMs because you're not willing to allow yourself to be seen, heard, and loved. You're not shooting TikToks or reels. You're not showing your face because you're so afraid. Well, then how the fuck do you think they're not going to be afraid? Why would they say yes to you, right? And you might be scared to step into your evolving purpose. It is scary to go all in on any relationship, including your business. It's scary. And you're scared to step into what might be a new version. It might be time for you to evolve. It might be time for you to pivot. And it's scary. It's scary to go all in, even if it's sharing the unique gifts you were put on this planet to give. So update your niche, embrace your evolution. I want you to see here and love yourself first. And from that space, you'll be able to see here and love your people. And then the last part of dismantling bro marketing in our business is speaking right? So there was our standards, our energy, and then of course, selling versus serving. And then the last part is speaking. I love dismantling bro marketing speaking so much. I know so many of you listen to this podcast who want to be or are professional speakers. You want to give a TED talk. You want to go out there and share your story more on big stages, either virtual or in person. And usually you hear the exact same narrative about what it takes to be, quote, successful in speaking. And there are certain adjectives that you will probably hear things like, oh, you killed it. (laughs) You slayed it. You rocked it. You dominated it right? All of those are positives. You're supposed to just crush the talk. Just crush it, man. Get out there on stage and just slay, kill, dominate. Man, that is some aggressive language there. Brody, calm down. Okay. Cause what that imagines, what that imagines, I don't know what that means. What that insinuates, let's say that, what that insinuates about bro marketing and speaking is that when you step on that stage, you are not inherently enough. Your message 
is not as close to you as your own breath. It's performative. It's still outside of you. When you step on that stage in the context of bro marketing, you have to go convince the audience yet again to what? Know, like, and trust you because it's not an inherent given. You have to go out there and hit them over the head and drag them into your cave and convince them that you're worthy of being listened to and that you have all the answers, right? Like every other part of bro marketing, you have the secrets, the hacks, the 10 steps, the one thing that also assumes that they aren't enough. The audience isn't enough, that they don't have what it takes inherently inside of them. It's a bag of dicks. It's a bag of dicks. Now, this paradigm shift that we're talking about, this embodied leader, when they stand on stage, you hear very different adjectives. And I want to say them and listen to whether you think so far these adjectives are, quote, as powerful as the ones that we just heard, the kill, slay, rock, crush. Okay. So an embodied leader who comes on stage is going to hear things like, oh, they just glowed. They were glowing. I couldn't take my eyes off them. It was like they were speaking right to me. They took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, there was an energetic exchange of trust that happened. Not trust me, trust this process, this transformation that we're both going through when we step on that stage. I see, hear, and love myself and you so much that I don't have to convince anyone of anything. It's so embodied in me. It is so honest to who I am that I don't have to convince you. I don't have to go kill it, crush it, slay it, dominate it. I just what? I just have to be me. The deepest, most honest version of me. And I will remind you of your honest and deep truth by sharing mine. Not because I have 10 steps and a secret hack, but because by lighting myself up, I remind you of yours. A candle does not lose its flame when it lights another. That is the paradigm shift we're talking about. So what if you showed up on stage or social media or podcasts what if you showed up with that energy? How different could this world so quickly change and feel and interact with if we didn't have this hustle, grind, dominate, crush, kill 24-7, you're not enough, you've got to stay on culture? <laughs> And when will we finally say, fuck it, it's a bag of dicks, I'm over it, I'm not doing it anymore. That's not success. New rules. Everything that has made you an outsider in the dying culture has now prepared you as a leader 
or the new earth. I mean it. There is no mistake, no mistake that you are here at this exact time in history. Everything that has made you an outsider has prepared you for this. You are part of the real time paradigm shift in human consciousness today. So yeah, it's gonna be messy. It's gonna be two steps forward and one step back. Yeah, it's a lot of deprogramming. I caught myself even on this fucking episode. It's a lot. Yes, but what is the other option? Complete and total burnout? Feeling disingenuous and salesy? Training yet one more generation to continue something that doesn't serve us? No. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the leaders of this new paradigm. Fuck bro marketing. It's a bag of dicks. It's a bag of dicks. I love you. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast with me, Abby Gibb. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And it would mean the world if you leave a review so others know how kick-ass these episodes are. And I'm a real person over on Instagram. So tag me in an IG story at Abby Gibb and let me know what landed in your heart the most today. Thanks again for listening.